0: This is
1: the Journey Tell Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Zanotti. I believe life is about the journey, not the destination, to find the journey in every step of the road. The highs and lows, the twists and turns, the ups and downs, it's in that, in those moments, that makes life so beautiful. Our guest today has a journey of his own. Bobby Huntley is a director, producer, writer, and editor who began his journey as a filmmaker at the age of 10 years old. Upon seeing a gift in his storytelling... His teachers began to encourage him to submit short films and mini docs instead of written assignments. Since completing film school, Bobby has continued to study his craft and own his voice as a filmmaker. Please help me welcome Bobby to the show. Bobby, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm excited to have you here. Mm to start off talking about what i just how i just introduced you that story that memory what was that like as a child um having your teachers tell you no don't turn in an assignment instead create films create short documentaries at 10. yeah tell me that
0: oh well i've always been one of those very creative children who was doing a lot and too much at the same time um i started in music at like four five six years old and painting, drawing, dancing, bouncing off the walls, everything until I discovered with filmmaking, that's the one medium that encompasses all things of art. So, um, and that was like the one thing that I found that universally that people kind of perked up when they talk to me or see my work and stuff like that. That was like my in with people. Especially with my family, I was like the black sheep. I always felt like the rent, like all my cousins was heavy in the sports and all these cool things and having trophies. And I was like, mm. mm-hmm. you know, but it got to a point where it was like every Sunday, everybody, all my cousins, aunts, everybody would come to the house like, probably show us what you just shot, You know, and that same kind of energy translated into my school life. You know, I would come and bring my, this was the time of the big VHS cameras yeah. and stuff like that, just walk around with my camera. So they were accustomed to me having my camera around. And then, you know, it just got to a point where like at the end of the class, the last five minutes, they were like, Play something, show us what you just did and all that stuff. And then that translated into why don't you do a little funny little skit thing about, you know, this history person or this, that, and the third. And, you know, through middle school and high school, that's what it eventually developed into.
1: So when did it click for you to say, okay, um, I'm on to something. I, this is probably the career I'm meant to be in.
0: <laughs> when I discovered okay. that people will do what you tell them to do when you have a camera in your hand. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, stand here and say that. Oh, Okay. Um, but, you know, it's just, like I said, it just brings everything together. The colors, the the sound, the music. Like, I would literally have a little boombox hit play. That would be the soundtrack. And not knowing that I was doing in-camera editing where you pause, okay, now move here and it's going to look like you just jumped over there and, all right, unpause. And then, like, you know, just trying to just, just learning how to do it on the fly. And then just watching people's reactions, like, okay, that worked, this didn't work, and stuff like that. So just doing all these things as a kid, like, pretty much gave me, a, a you know, a, a jump start into what it means to be a filmmaker and a storyteller.
1: I love that. Okay. So you knew that as a child, yeah. you go into your teenage years, you go to film school, mm-hmm. and then what? Tell us what happens after that.
0: Um, you know, you have to go through the whole, okay, well, I have a degree in film, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg, what's up? Spike Lee, what's up? You know, I'm ready. <laughs> you know, Yeah. But then you quickly find out that the, the degree means nothing. Okay. You know, you have to start all over again. You have to get on sets and do all these different things. But essentially, you know, I love the indie spirit of things. And I love to work fast. So i write something today. Call my friends. Oh, we're going to shoot this this weekend. Let's get these locations, let's get these costumes, let's get these people together. That's the kind of energy that I've always had. And um, I still do that to this day. So it's just constantly creating content, trying to excel and go bigger and better with each project that I do. And then before you know it, you know, you got your head down in the ground, just focusing on your work and on your craft. You're building an audience. You're building support. You're building people who want to be a part of what you're doing, who want to support what you're doing. And that's pretty much just been my journey the past 10 years since I've been out of film school.
1: Um, that part of the journey, the support. What advice can you give to other people who may be watching, listening on both ends, Um you know, it's tough. It's tough to get support. Mm. And I think that sometimes you jump into the industry and you think automatically that it may be your friends or your family that's going to, you know, offer the support. And what I find, oftentimes, the support comes from strangers or from the outside world, and then they may piggyback behind 100%. off of that. Can you shed some light on that and talk to the world about that and, and give some advice on how you can kind of maneuver through as you're going through those times and when you need the support to get going?
0: Yeah, that, that is definitely 100% true. You are rarely going to get it from inside of the house, so to speak, <laughs> Um But, um, of course, my family's been extremely, you know, supportive, and my mom and my dad and all that, my my siblings and all of that. But the real major support is definitely going to come from people who don't know you. And as I said before, you just have to keep your head down and focus on the work. You know, there's been times where certain projects didn't do what I wanted it to do in terms of engagements or views and things like that. But you're always going to come across people like, oh, that's the project. I love that project. I mean, there's been, like, investors and things, like, oh yeah, I love this project that you did. I was like, I only got like 200 views on that one. So it's like you never know which one is going to be the one that's going to ignite somebody you know, in their mind and in their heart that's going to that want to support you and help you get you to that next phase and then the next level of your career. So just keep focused on the work. Try not to get discouraged. Just be all about the work. And then somebody's going to tap you on your shoulder saying, I love what you do. I guarantee it. It's going to happen. You just got to keep grinding.
1: How, um, what do you do? How do you stay focused in those moments of the grind? The grind when you're trying, you're trying, you're putting out work, you're putting out content, you're doing everything and you don't see the support, Mm -hmm. but you know your stuff is good. Because all you need is just the one yes, the one person (laughs) to see it, the one, you got to get in the momentum. How do you, you know, what do you suggest to get in that momentum? How do you... Stay, you know, grounded for one. And then how do you get into that rhythm?
0: Well, the hardest thing for me has been the whole, oh, they're talking about you in the room. Mm. So I'm going to, oh, yeah, I was in these producer meetings at this company, at this studio, and, da, 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 and we're talking about you, and they love this and they love that. And I'm not getting that. You know the reach out, the getting the opportunities and things like that. So that can spiral you easily. Like you see them, you can see them lurking on your page and yeah. you know, like this I producer know. and that producer. Yeah. They're watching you. Yeah. So, the way that my mind had to trick it is that not only are they watching you to see um, if you can do it, how you can do it, but how many times you can
1: do it. Mm. Okay, say that again. I forgot. <laughs> I will repeat it because I want you. That was good. You said they're looking at how many times you can do it. Pretty much. How many times you can say, How many times you can do it? Mm-hmm. How, say it again. If
0: you can do it, um, how you can do it, and how many times you can do it. Because people want to know that you're not a fluke. Because everybody get like a little, oh, something just randomly happens to them. And then can you do it again? And again. And again. And again. And again. Um, but really, honestly, my faith. You know, I'm a PK, shout out to my dad, Reverend Bobby Holly. So I call him on the phone often, like, yo, this industry, help me. What am I supposed to do? I need to pray? Okay, back, cool, bam. <laughs> but, um, you know, you just have to be really centered and just focus on what do you love? I love telling stories. I love telling stories about different people, uh, marginalized communities, you know, things that we typically don't see in our community and how we're represented on screen, just trying to, you know, so if I keep it there. And then also what has happened is people come up to me that I have no idea are watching me. And like, I'm inspired by you. It's because you're doing this. I decided to go forth in my dreams to write a script or to do, get my friends together and shoot something. Da, da, da. And so that was God's way of showing me that it's bigger than me. It's bigger than any, I should have gotten this. I should have been here. I should have. That's not what this journey is about for me.
1: Mm.
0: I had to learn that several times. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That was a reinforcement. So the reinforcement for you of how you know you're you're going on the right track is when mm-hmm. you hear from the outside world essentially praise that they were inspired by your work.
0: For sure. And that happens every day. And the the dark moments that we all have, the why am I doing this like cuz you know we're the whole tortured artist thing that we put ourselves in, you know. But it's it's like the journey is not yours alone. You have to go through these things. You have to be a testimony in order to have a testimony. You know, so that's pretty much the walk that I'm going in. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful journey. And it's helping me have more of a story to tell. Like, this is what I've been through. I've been touring my films. And, and, you know, yeah, I'm screening all over the country. But there's been times where I had to sleep in airports, sleep in cars, and, you know, go through long periods of not being able to afford food because I want to you know be at this premiere but you know I go and then I meet people and oh because I'm in the room and I'm making the sacrifices to be in the room not saying everybody has to do that but I was willing to do that and that got me ABCD and access to this and access to that so I mean you know you just have to have a clear understanding of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing
1: in those moments, that time that you were talking about, those times where you, you know, it may not have looked like it was a favorable time of your life, mm-hmm. um, where you were, you know, you had to go without food or where you didn't mm-hmm. sleep on a couch or those, what kept you going?
0: Ooh, yeah. So, especially like two years ago, I was battling homelessness. We lost the house that I grew up in and it was just insane. But that was probably the most acclaimed time you know, that I had thus far. And to the point I got representation and everything was, but I was open and honest with people. I would tell them, this is what I'm going through right now. This is what's happening to me, but I know I'm going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? Because we all have to go through something. There's nothing special about me, about my story, about my journey. Everyone has the trials and tribulations that they have to go through. And it's just that little special seasoning and special sauce that you sprinkle into your work that makes it connect with people on a human-to-human basis. So I'm like, okay, whatever it is, bring it on, because I'm going to use this. As an artist, you're supposed to use that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. How did you know when you went through that time, those times, which is so you're saying two years ago? Yeah, 2019. Which is, yeah. When did you realize you were out of that stage and into this time now where you're, <laughs> you know, looking at who you are and what you have going on, which we're going to talk about in a minute?
0: Well, 2019 quickly rolled into 2020. Yeah. Which made us all collectively realize like, oh, okay, it's not just me, it's the whole world going through,
1: absolutely something, yeah,
0: and we are forced into isolation, thinking, praying, not knowing what's going to happen day to day, what in the world is going on right now, because this makes absolutely no sense, so for twenty 2019 like it's it's all about me, what is this happening But then 2020 happens and we're forced to worry about the whole entire world outside of ourselves.
1: Yeah.
0: And there was a blessing in there. And there was some lessons that I had to learn in that moment as well.
1: Okay. I'm I'm like, you can't just (laughs) leave that there. (laughs) That was that. I have to dive into that. Let's go into the blessings. What were some of the blessings for you in 2020?
0: Well, so as we know, well, so I was working on my big project called Connect. And it took us over two years to film. And um, I always say, this is going to be my last project that I do. When I was saying that, I was saying that in terms of the last of no budget or, you know. But we had a budget. You know, we had some help and things like that. Because it was, you know, a big project shooting on red cameras and stuff for the first time, all that, yada, yada. But um, actually getting an investors to come on board and help me. I've never done that before. So um, we were finally finishing up our last weekend which was scheduled for March 13th, but as you know, around the time everything shut down, everything yeah. stopped. And um, I was forced to deal with the depression of that. And then just watching the news, nothing made sense to me because I, I think in a very different kind of way, you know, with my brain and how it works. So I, it looked like a movie to me. Like, how is this real life? How is this real? What is this? Mm-hmm. And my um, first instinct, of course, is to create art, right? But my frame of mind wasn't in the best place. So I came up with Corona Man and the initial thing was more of even though the Corona Man that came out, you know, had comedic elements and things like that, it was came it was more from an egocentric place. Look what I could do, you know, with these, you know, lack of, you know, things, money, people, and all that stuff. Cause, you know, everything was like locked down. Like, oh I'm Bobby, I could do whatever it is. But God quickly humbled me and said, this is not the time nor the place. This is like way more serious than that. You need to sit <laughs> down. And there was like a long period of just, I had to go through it and feel all the emotions that I was afraid to feel because I couldn't really connect with what was going on in the TV and the world shutting down and the everything was just, I couldn't grasp it. And then uh, I think a few weeks later, our mayor, uh, shout out to uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms of Atlanta. Um, She was trying to keep Atlanta safe, but the governor wanted to open things up prematurely. Excuse me. So there was like this whole thing of like, why is he targeting certain places and certain elements that um, would seem to have put certain uh, demographics of people, if you, if you hear me at risk of the virus. And she was being disrespected. I felt in, in a certain way publicly when all she was doing was trying, just trying to keep us safe and keep us home for just a little while longer so we could try to figure it out. So I shifted my focus from just me showing what I can do to try to amplify her voice and her cause and showing us talking about the virus. Maybe we should stay home just a little bit longer. I know we were retired. We want to get our hair done, our nails done and do this and that and try to get back to some sort of semblance of normalcy. But this is not the time. So I got my friends together. Basically, we did it in two days. I edited it in like a day or two, and it went up. I think we shot Thursday and Friday, and it went up Sunday night. By Monday morning, it was viral. And that was because I recentered my focus into a place of service and using my voice, whatever voice I had at that time in my audience, to help amplify the voice of this African-American woman who was just trying to keep the city that she's the mayor of safe. And I think God humbling me in that moment, you know, showing me what the difference was, especially as an artist, because of course you want to show off a show, what you can do, um, which I do a lot. <laughs> but like, nah, you need to come from a place of service for this one, because this is this is very serious. And uh, that was a lesson
1: I needed to learn in that time. Oh, <laughs> that gave me chills. I, I learned a very, very similar lesson. Mm. So, very, it was you're talking very similar, same thing. I run a PR business. I have a company. Before COVID, everything always for me was, you know, retainer, you know, work from that perspective and work, work, work. Mm-hmm. In the midst of COVID, I would listen to my clients and listen to what they were going through. And I started to, that is how this podcast came about. Wow. I was listening to stories of what people were dealing with, and I thought, um, originally, I was working on a docu-series, which I'm working on, which is uh-huh. very separate. I haven't spoke about publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was doing that, these other things came about. And I thought, you know what? I need to get these stories out for people. And so it came into an act of service, of getting, you know, it, being of service to other people. And right. so I think that that is what this has taught me, too. It's not about um, our work as people. It's not about what can you give me financially. Mm. It is really about how can I be of service to you. Right. And I think if we all change our mindset into how can we be, be of service to the next person, mm-hmm. imagine what that would do.
0: I would like. I would have liked to think that a large majority of us have walked away from this crazy year with a little bit more of that in our yeah. spirit. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually-
1: Let's talk about that project. So Mm -hmm. tell me about Corona Man 2. Um, How did that come about? And what's that project all about?
0: (laughs) Well, I uh, originally didn't want to do it again. I don't like repeating myself, but I mean, of course, in the pandemic, we're a year in and now the focus is about the vaccine and all these different things. And you quickly find out that it is a very divisive and controversial subject. You're going to hear a lot of different things from a lot of different people about how they feel about it. And so I thought, well, that's the project that, you know, people comment to me uh, the most, the original Corona Man. And so I'm like, well, all right, well, maybe, you know, I'll um, revisit the character and see where they are. So my first idea was obviously Ant and Bree, and Corona Man was based on Candyman, uh, the uh, new project, um, uh, executive produced by Jordan Peele that I think will hope, hopefully finally be coming out this year. And um,
1: Congratulations. You kind of slid that in
0: there. I mean, well, you know, <laughs> Jordan Peele's awesome. Shout out to them and their whole team. Yeah. Um, okay, so I, I knew that my main characters had to break up because there's been a lot of couples who didn't make the pandemic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> Absolutely. I, had the, I
0: had the burnt toast moment be them arguing about whether to get the vaccine, uh, which I think she um, breathed, the character breathed played by um, Danielle, the lovely Miss Danielle Manor, um, she went ahead and scheduled their appointments when he obviously um, uh, is apprehensive about it, uh, played by Diaz on um, brilliant actor. And then, of course, they break up and she's, you know, with her friends talking about it. He's at a barbershop talking about it. So that was my way of going into the community to show how different people feel about it. All ranging from, yeah, we should get it. I got Moderna. What are you about to get? To, oh, no, they're going to track you, but you have a cell phone. What are you talking about? You know. Yeah. So I'm trying to get the whole range of conversation. And then she moves into, um, she runs into an old flame and old love. And, you know, he sweeps her off her feet, you know, offers, hey, I know you've been stuck in the house. Let me take you on a trip. Let's do this and da-da-da-da-da-da. But um, in the midst of all that, she's like some sort of, uh, I have her like a scene in type of, you know, talking head, like she's on the news talking about the big thing right now, which is illegal vaccination cards. So people are opting out of actually getting vaccinated and buying illegal vaccination cards, you know, because it's pretty much going to go in that way. You have to have proof of vaccination to have to go to work and do this and that, you know. And um, essentially, you know, it's cool. I'll give it away. It's already out. But like her new old boo that came back into her life, he's working in that ring and he came back in to silence her. Mm. Yeah, so it's going to go quickly into, you know, the action, thriller, horror, drama genre, as opposed to the uh, horror comedy, you know, thing that we did in the other mass. So I'm very, very excited about that. We have some heavy hitters this time. Ali Amin Carter, who plays the new love interest. An amazing actor, and also the lovely, brilliant um, Miss uh, Crystal Wilson, who played Ronnie in Players Club and so many different things. I was like, it's my first time working with a very well known actress. And um, yeah, she was just like, Pabby, I love your work. I want to work with you. Mm. And I'm like, what a blessing, because I'm just now getting into that place in my career where we're going to start working with, you know, known talent. And so that was my first time ever doing that. And it was an amazing time. We had an amazing time doing this project.
1: When did you film? When was when, when
0: We shot it. Whew, okay. Um, the last week of April. Okay. Yeah. Real quick. Same thing. Took about two days to do it and it okay. came out like a few days later.
1: Awesome. So you work yeah. fast. I love that. That's yeah.
0: great. I got to get yeah. it out there. While yeah. I got it. Yeah. Because I was trying to keep it like it dropped the last week of April last time. So I was trying to have it match that as best I could. I think it took a few days longer, but yeah, around the same time, year to the day.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. So I know that you're touring, and you have two different projects projects that you're touring with, Connect and TNC. Yes. Tell me about those projects, and then also, can you also let us know what TNC stands for?
0: Oh, my. So, yeah, Connect is a project I mentioned that took us about three years to finish. It's about this young man named uh, Vincent who has this gift and ability that he's struggling with that, he frankly, he doesn't want, and it's to be able to communicate with the dead. So I put that against the backdrop of what's going on in the world right now. You know, the Black Lives Matter movement and the unfair, unjust murders of black people and people of color and all those different things. But the focus is on almost kind of like a a superhero origin story um, with, you know, some cool sci-fi supernatural elements and just going into what does grief look like, you know, from a young black male perspective, which we kind of really don't see. And it also goes into this, uh, uh, simultaneously goes into this, beautiful love story between him and you know uh this young lady who you come to find out they have a history together and a past and a tragedy that binds them together for the rest of their life it's a beautiful film it's called connect you can follow it at connect underscore the film um, on facebook and um instagram and things like that also another project tnc uh which stands for that nigger's crazy (laughs) um which uh, is uh, also another commentary, but it takes a more psychological thriller, horror thing. Well, basically, a young man, he's in this bar, and just everything is slightly left to center. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. But that's where he kind of finds out that the bar is actually purgatory mm. and that all the patrons in there have been victims of, you know, violence and police brutality in some way. And, you know, it's a very uh, uh, wake-up call kind of a film. So I kind of wanted to show, because, you know, all this pretty much kind of circulated around last summer and everything that was happening with George Floyd and all the marches and things like that. So what exactly does it feel like to be a black or person of color, in not only America, but the world? So those two projects kind of somehow correlated at the same time and be very timely with what's going on. And just me as an artist using my art to try to make sense of what's happening in the world right now.
1: What's your writing process like? I'm so curious. <laughs> this is, you know, me personally. Again, I'm a writer, mm-hmm. and um, for me, I kind of, I really have to, I can't, um, I can't talk on the phone, I can't, you know, text, I can't get by my, I, I literally have to kind of, you know, jog away from, other, from people and dive into writing when I'm in my writing process. Mm. I know that everyone has a different process of how they maneuver. What's it like for you? What do you do when you're writing? Um, what's that look like for you?
0: Oh, with each project, it's incredibly different. The funny thing about me, every time I do a new project, I completely forget how to make movies. Mm. How do you write a script? How do I do this? What am I I'm supposed to break down? How do you, like, I have to Google, like, how do I, you know, a production notebook. What? How do I break this down? Um, so it's completely different from okay. each project. It ranges from me writing everything in a day, a weekend, to, okay, this has taking me some years. Yeah. Uh, so it really honestly depends. Something that I just discovered about myself, because I seem to dislike the physical act of writing and or typing. So um, getting an assistant writer to sit down, they actually write and I'm standing up walking because I'm a very physical person. I get up and move around and they should mm. do this. And they, okay, have this line and then this action. So Having somebody there typing it out makes it go a lot faster for me. So that's something I just discovered about myself within the past couple of months. So I'm working with my best friend, Michael Wells. He's helping me with that. I'm like, hey, man, come over. I got I got some ideas. We need to finish these next few scenes. And that's pretty much how I've been working the past couple of months.
1: And then the same way, do you, as you're writing, do you does it come to you and do you say, okay, this the perfect actress would be this person, the per, perfect actor would be that person? Mm-hmm. Can you envision, do you envision all of that as you're writing your scripts?
0: For sure, yeah. Um, Initially, sometimes it could happen from, I, I'm, I get inspired from the, the weirdest places. My, my feature film, uh, Le Vie Magnifique de Charli, um was inspired, it was like a celebration of black girl magic, very mm-hmm. fun movie, check it out. It's on <clears throat> Quality TV right now. Um, but it was inspired. I was just randomly scrolling through Instagram and my friend from high school, she had this picture. She had funky braids in her hair and it was kind of put up in a certain way and it looked like she had an eyeliner in different colors and stuff. I guess it was some sort of filter. And I saw a young black woman who was... You could see her story all over her face, but she was made up and stuff, but her eyes had the heaviness and the sadness to them, but she looked so vibrant and colorful and fresh, but you could just see so much history behind her eyes and stuff. I was like, there's a story here. So let me make a movie about a young black girl who's who's carefree and, you know, a little ditzy and a little all, all out there. She does whatever she wants. She goes to the club at eight in the morning to dance before she goes to work. But she's battling with, you know, dealing with the death of her sister who passed away from sickle cell. So what do those two things look like? You're battling trying to figure out how to grieve and what is grieving. So I can get it from a picture. I can get it from a conversation. I can get it from this. I, I can, a lot of my stuff comes from music. One thing I love to do is I like to sleep in the uh, – I like to sleep with, like, either the radio or the TV on a on music channel, very, very low, where you can kind of, like, subconsciously hear it, but you can't really hear it, and sleep. And some of my ideas come from there because you're, like, in this weird space and, you know – all these different things happen musically, and it interacts in your dream, and you wake up. and Next thing you know, you're inspired by you know something. Um, so yeah, it just comes from all over the place for me.
1: Oh my god, that was awesome! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that answer. What are some tips? What are three tips that you can give some filmmakers out there that may not know? They may be stuck in a rough. You know, they don't know how to get out of. Um, uh, that space, the uncomfortable mm-hmm. space um, sometimes that you get in when, you, when you're stuck writing. Sure. What would you suggest?
0: A tribe is important. So surround yourself with some people that you know, that you trust, um, that do what you do, either do it better or you know are very interested in it. Um, there's a few different things I do. One, I have a, a film group that I started. We haven't seen each other since right before the pandemic. Our last meeting was March 9th. So hopefully we'll get together really soon called The Summit. We're all directors. And we have a little roundtable Thing. we talk about what we're working on what we need what we're missing we had any issues on set and da-da-da-da-da. we are open and honest and we just let it all out there and we share it's very therapeutic and it actually strengthened the community the Atlanta film community and I hope that in every city and every place more creative people get together and have those open honest conversations without posing like hey I'm doing this and I'm doing that that's not what it's about what's going on with you um and then I like to reach out to certain people who I have these crazy ideas and just bounce it off them and see how they react. And there's a certain energy that I need in order to put gas in my tank to see a, a project through. Because I can't do it myself. Yes. You cannot do it. So, so try to strategically try to find those people who can give you the gas and the juice that you need to push that boulder up that hill. Um, I, yeah. You said three. I think that was two. Um, yeah, just keep your head down and just focus on the work. It's not about the accolades. It's not about the views. It's not about this. It's not about that. You just got to continue working. Keep working. Keep chiseling away at it. There's this whole meme, a little cartoon that you see where like, this guy's underground. And he's like this close away from a diamond mine, but he decides to quit. So you never know when you're going to be that close to that yes. thing. You just got to keep going. So keep your focus not on the accolades and all that shiny stuff. That's not what it's about.
1: Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I know you're from Atlanta. You're here yeah. visiting in L.A. I know you're off to New York and you have so many stops um, that you're on with your tour. Yes. Um, I know that also part of your story, a big passion of yours are is, is kids. And you go into universities and the high schools mm-hmm. and you talk to kids about indie filmmaking. Yeah. Why is that passionate for you? Um, can you talk about that? And can you also share a story, if you will, uh, maybe of some kids or something that a child may have told you as you were doing this to let you know you were... We're on the right path oh
0: that's great um yeah so with each city you know that I that I tour my my films in you know I you know make it a point to reach out to the schools and let them know I'm coming and like hey you know I'm willing to come speak to the you know the kids or the students or whatever and um it's been an amazing um journey because sometimes you just have to see somebody you know who who, who you could see in yourself or who looks like you or whatever who who is doing something outside of the ordinary to show that something is possible, right? Um, but that's essentially what it is, and I've done it a few times via you know Zoom and you know Skype and whatnot within the past year. But just physically going up to the schools and you know showing them clips of different things that I'm working on, and um, you know it's just it's just great. Just you know it's just talking about storytelling and you know how I do certain things, and mainly no matter if you're going into the film industry or whatever thing that you chose to do, it's about community using your resources. And reaching out to people and saying, hey, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm working on, this is what I need, and this is what I can offer. Those things can be very valuable attributes that you can use in whichever, you know, way you decide to go in life. Um, One stop I had in Virginia, and I think I have this moment captured on my Instagram or my Facebook or something like that, uh, this uh, young black girl, and she was just so, I think they gave me a cup or something as a thank you, it was like, I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, had no idea how to do it. And I never told anybody, but you just so happened to be in my class today. Mm. And now I know how, what I want to do and how I'm going to do it. Mm. And I'm like, that's God. Cause you know, <laughs> you know, she had no idea I was coming. Like they, I just showed up, they didn't announce it or anything. It just came together. So, you know, those are the little things I know Like, okay, this is bigger than me.
1: Yeah, the, those are the, the reminders that mm-hmm. the spirit world, I think, uses to remind you that you're, you're walking down the right path. For
0: sure, because everybody has a story. Everybody wants to share their story, you know, let people know they're from. Some people use film. Some people use this and that and all those things. And um, being a storyteller is a very important thing to have no matter what, you know, business you go in.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I want to wrap up this show with the segment that is called, it's called Tell and Tell, which is a play on the word show and tell. Mm -hmm. What is something that you can tell the world, that you can tell the audience um, about yourself that no one knows about you? (sighs) So it could be, you know, your morning routine. Maybe it can be um, perhaps what you use, what inspires you as as you're writing or your filmmaking. Again, I'm just throwing some things out there. You go for it. Um, Whatever you like to tell us, just take us in your world, something that we don't know about you yet.
0: (laughs) I'm like, well, don't y'all know, because I tell a lot of things, but I consult uh, michael jackson imprints in every creative decision that i make so you got to follow the greats to become greater so whoever the greats are for you in your field or whatever you know consult with them spiritually and um, they haven't steered me wrong yet so yeah follow the greats and become greater
1: Okay, can you dive into that a little bit more? <laughs> Wait a minute, I wasn't expecting you to say that. Dive into that a little bit. I'm very spiritual, so I can take it. And I, mean, I feel that whoever I'm attracting in my audience for this podcast mm-hmm. is on the same wavelength as me, mm-hmm. which is why they're here, and um, I'm very spiritually in tune. So don't be afraid to share where you're going. I'm curious to know where oh, th- what wow. that is.
0: Oh, wow. How can I explain it without getting too esoteric? Okay, so... I just feel with Michael Jackson and Prince, um, specifically those two, they were masters at shifting the space, the room, anything that they touched, anything that they did, any space they were in, it shifted everything completely. Um, So you always try to figure out what's that thing that makes them that that puts them like a head above everybody else? What is that thing? And not only what is that thing, what is that moment that does that for them? Like what was that moment that made Oprah, Oprah? Cause Oprah was here, she was on TV, but she didn't become Oprah until a very specific moment. What is that? And I study those things. And I even go down to like, even when it comes to Michael Jackson and Prince, how they do their presentation, what they wear, their colors what materials or fabrics how they're shot, what angles they use, what there's like these very specific things and moments. It's very scientific, very spiritual. Like energy is a very, I'm trying, to, <laughs> but like i practice some things where like there's specific angles and moments that you could put it in your projects. One thing filmmakers is if you shoot slightly lower than eye level and tilt up, it gives your, your subject a slightly um bigger than life visual subconsciously either even if you're on your phone looking at it you look like you feel like you're looking up at a tv screen looking up at them and that puts the audience in a particular space like whoa i need to pay attention to what's going on and it's even down to a lot of my actions like damn bobby how you move your eyes Mm. at particular moments on which words i'm okay okay on this word you look down but on the very next word you look up and did it so it's like It's it's all this stuff. Mm. (laughs) But it's like, I paid attention to everything. The sound, the movement, especially with Michael Jackson, his sound design and his videos, everything's... Move a finger. Like, every little thing adds impact to a moment Mm. to make it bigger and grander and just make it land. You know, so... I hope I didn't get too crazy with that
1: one. <laughs> no, I love that. Wait a minute. Yeah. So then how do you channel? So then what do you do to channel that in? So you're working on a project. You mm-hmm. know you want to dive into those processes. You, you're you studying it. Yeah. What does that process look like? I want to know what that looks like.
0: Uh, definitely I pay very heavy attention to music and how it's used. Like, like I said, I started in music when I was like five. So just how music is used and how the sound design is used. And I love creating stars and having these moments like, Ooh, who's that? That's, mm. oh, that's a, but I've never seen that person before. Why does it feel like, you know? So um, I just pay attention to everything. I have my hand in everything the score, the music, the lighting, what they're wearing, even the little trick of adding just a slight preparation. I call it that magic juice. It's just water and olive oil or whatever. <laughs> just just a <laughs> slight hint on the melanin or whatever. Yeah. It just gives the extra sheen and that extra shine. Like, wow. Okay, so I call it the cherry. It's the
1: cherry on top. Yeah, it's the yes. exclamation point, and It's the dot on top of the. I. You gotta have it. It's the, it. the line yeah. and the teeth. Yeah, yeah, I get you it. You gotta have yeah. it on and
0: everything that you do. So, yeah. you, so everything means something. What you're wearing, how you're positioned. You know, the composition of the shot, the frame, the angle. Like I'm very particular about all of those things. And people are like Bobby. That's why my hashtag is Dad Damn bobby because I'm particular about everything. But when they see it, they're like, "I got you now. I get it." Oh my
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're perfectionist. And I mean obvious, it's obvious. Look at your work. Oh, thank you. What's next for you?
0: Um, I'm very excited cuz I'm about to embark on a very intense project called Louisiana 1961. I did a short film and that was like my first foray. It was like 2016 into like um touring my projects film festivals that whole thing. And that was the project where I learned like, "Oh, I can" shift the room and create energy and stuff so much so that it's a very beautiful, intense kind of like love story. Because I wanted to show black love and all that, you know, because it was a lot of especially at that time, a little bit now, but like a lot of reality TV and side chick this and so I was like, let me just show black love and appreciation for it. And uh, there's been, I think, three children born from people seeing that particular film and getting them in a particular mood wow so i'm like okay and it's like it's cool because like there's these particular moments in the film that i kind of designed to see huh let me see how i can make this work and you can literally hear the audience gasp or hear them shifting their seat because something happens to them and i'm like okay Now I figured out the formula. So I did the short. Now we're going to do the feature length version of it. And um, I'm very excited about that. So uh, look out for that.
1: When should we we be expecting that project?
0: Ooh, I mean, it's going to be a a process. It's definitely going to be a process. But, you know, I'll I'll keep y'all informed every step of the way. You know, I'm going to be casting and promoting and, you know, just because typically I do my stuff in secret. Uh, I like to just boom, hit y'all you're unexpected with my stuff. But this one is like, it's going to be a community effort. We're going to be shooting between Atlanta and Louisiana somewhere. Um, so, um, yeah, all hands on deck.
1: Before you leave, you just yeah. said something. I can't let you leave without speaking on that. Yeah. Why do you often do things in secret?
0: I'm a Scorpio. Everything is just it's ridiculous. <laughs> I can't help it. It's part of my DNA. I don't know why. But um, it, and it also kind of protects the space and energy around a project so yeah. that you don't have the the day sayers and the this and that, you know, putting a certain negative spin on whatever it is you're doing. Cause, you know, We all have our, you know, people. But I mean, if you don't have that, then, you know, you're not doing it right. That's what they say. <laughs> but um, it protects my house. So I'm like, so when actors know, I call and DM, like, you ready? I'm about to do something. You want to be a part of it? We're shooting this weekend. Okay, bet. And, like, no script or nothing. Like, they don't really know anything, you know, until like, okay, here's your little part, you know. That's what we're going to do. And fortunately, I've built with the caliber of my work, thank God. I've built that kind of reputation where people trust, you know, in me and willing to go wherever with me. So that's a beautiful thing I do not take lightly. So I work very hard to make sure that they're a part of something that's quality and stuff. But um, I'm slowly getting out of that because, you know, you got to uh, learn to um, be okay with your stuff being mentioned and, you know, the trades and write-ups and different things like that. You got to promote what you're doing. So I'm like, okay, that's... yeah. That's something very new for me, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll be okay with that. But typically, I love just doing things in complete secrecy and, and silence. And then, when did y'all shoot this? How, what, where, why wasn't I? What, you know, I yeah. love like whole thing, cause that makes people talk even it more. It does.
1: So, okay, so coming from a publicist's perspective. Yes, uh, and we need to speak, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we, we will. <laughs> we definitely will. We need
0: you. Um,
1: but speaking from that perspective mm-hmm. as you're talking is very interesting because, yes, it's 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 like a catch-22. It's great to do things like that in silence, mm-hmm. I think, for the reason that you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, you you get people, you don't have to hear all that extra noise of, he's doing this, he's doing that, you know, a, a The negative things that sometimes can come from whatever it is you're working on, Mm -hmm. the positive side, the PR side of me, says the good thing about doing it when you do it in secret is that when you come out and you pop out, you pop out somebody's talking. Mm. Good, bad, whatever it is, they're doing what? they're talking.
0: Right. And the project is already done. It's in the can. Yes. So it's not going to affect the people exactly. associated with it. Like we already, you know, it's did done. the
1: work. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's great to do that. I think, you know, it's great. That's a great way of maneuvering. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I agree I, for me, I tend to, I have like what, maybe three people that I tell very intricate Intimate details too. If I'm working on something that's new, but for the most part, I'm the same way. Um, I think it seems most people that I talk to, even down to clients, they maneuver in the same way. I think you're not abnormal. I think that is the normal. Because you have (laughs) to,
0: you got to protect your words. You have to not only you have to. I call it protecting your house protect your house. Cause it could be just your friends and your family members. They don't even know that they're speaking to Oh, how you oh, you can't do da, 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 da. And they're not even trying to hurt you or nothing like that. It's just sometimes some, that's how people are built. But I'm like, nah, I learned very quickly. And people will be like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a long time. Because I have to, you know, you know, I love you, but I have to protect my house, you know. So I mean, but of course you don't want to have the whole yes man syndrome. So you gotta be wise enough to know the difference between the two. But just be strong with, like, if I have a project, obviously it's been put in my heart to do for a reason. Don't let nobody deter me from
1: doing it. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. Because people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They think they're just talking to you and giving their advice, not realizing that they're, you know, they're hurting a dream. And I want to use this time to say one other thing sure. about support. Yes, I think that people, the, the support how how important support is from other people mm. whether it be buying a ticket to your on your tour or for, if supporting someone you know watching someone's movie or watching them if it's you know downloading something if it's liking something if it's That's... commenting if it's just sharing in your instagram story you know something as simple as that from someone that knows or does knows you is everything mm. and i think that oftentimes people forget the importance of doing something that they think you know, oh, he he's okay. He has X amount of followers, or X amount of people, not knowing yes. that, no, they need you too. Yeah. Share that. Talk about that.
0: And that's something I had to battle with because, you know, on my social media, at, at a quick glance, you know, you see me. I'm in New York this week. I'm in L.A. this week. Yeah. I'm here. I'm, you know, jet setting or whatever. And, and I used to do a lot of... Um, photo shoots of my suits and stuff. Uh, so they used to get on me like, oh, another suit. And I was like, no, it's the same suit. I just changed the filter so it looked like a different color. Anyway, um, but like people think that you're at a certain level. Like, yeah. nah. but like I'm still like, if you read the comments, like dah, 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 dah. I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I'm being open and honest, but you know, people don't read. But it's yeah. like you just have to battle constantly with people's perception of you. Yeah. And it's this whole thing where, of course, you want to look like where you want to be. You know what I'm saying? So there's a bit of an image that you have to project, but you still have to be open and honest enough so that people let you know that you you can be shaped and molded into where you want to be. Like, there's still space and room for you to grow. And please allow me to do that. Um, So you just have to just find the right people who pay attention to those things and who knows who you are, who want to know who you are in a very, you know, real, honest, and open and humbling way and who want to support you in the best way that they can. So you know the difference. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so you know the difference.
0: Just know the difference. got to be wise enough to know the difference.
1: So why is it important to keep your head down and really focus on the work?
0: Because you just never know who's watching, what opportunities will come. I'll say this. There's this very small film festival in a very small town in Texas. And, you know, I submitted my film with them. They showed a couple of my films. I just maintained a pretty cool relationship with them. And from that relationship and them watching my work and just constantly supporting me in my work, that relationship has pointed me to um sorry I messed it up. That relationship um has put me in a position where they suggested me as a filmmaker to Panavision. So now I have a partnership with Panavision and, you know, now I'm uh, part of, you know, the things that they're doing over there. And shout out to the Denton Black Film Festival for creating the opportunity for me. So if you go on Panavision social media, you'll see me in my face talking about being a filmmaker and, you know, and, and promoting uh Corona Man two on their place and in their space and all those things so it's just an amazing opportunity that would not have happened had I not kept my head down and focused on the work because the opportunity will come you just got to have the work and be ready so shout out to Denton Black Film Festival and Panavision thank you so much for that
1: wow it was beautiful well thank you so much for coming on the show I truly 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 appreciated this conversation this was amazing I had a ball. If someone's interested in in, get, in following you or being a part of the tour or any of your projects, how can they do go about doing that?
0: Got you. Just follow me at uh, B Huntley Films on my Instagram. I'm more of an Instagram person. I'm on Twitter, but Twitter terrifies me. Yeah,
1: me too. I'm I'm an Instagram person too. Every day
0: somebody gets in trouble. I'm like, not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, Facebook, Bobby Huntley, Bobby Huntley Films. You know, just reach out. I love talking to people. If you have questions or you know anything like that, I'm always down to help. That's how I get my blessings. I share information freely, willingly, and uh, make time, you know, to communicate with the people.
1: Well, I'm glad you made some time to communicate with me and communicate with our audience. Yes. Um, I think we all we all benefited from it. So thank you.
0: God is great. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you. Well, that is it for this episode of The Journey's Hold. I'm going to leave you words with... Okay, well, that is it for this episode of The Journey Toad. I'm going to leave you with words that my father so often says to me, and that's to be the best version of you that you can be. Until next time, folks, let that sizzle in your spirit.